0: Welcome, everybody, to The Hook. I'm Anthony Irwin. As always, I'm joined by Arizona Larsul. This is our favorite day of the, of the week. Thank goodness we can have a cocktail, right, like as, as we're recording this thing, dude, because because literally right before we recorded, you had uh, LeBron quote tweeting Draymond's message about vaccinations and players and being leaders and not telling people what to do with their bodies. Um and I'm not going to touch that again today because we did that last week. You know, you and I, I think, are on the same page on this one. But, man, I was happy to pour myself a cocktail after seeing that tweet from LeBron. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not
1: going to get into the, any of that. But if we can use that as an excuse for the listening public to uh, get off my back about my drinking, then I'm all you know what? I'm all for it. <laughs> Thank you, LeBron. If this is a if this is a legitimate reason for you and I to be drinking at 10 a.m. my time, noon, your time, which sounds better. And I know that matters in Texas because on all the Lakers trips to Texas, I have found out it is difficult to get a drink in the morning in Texas. Yep. Unless you order food.
0: Yeah. Um, You order like a bag of chips and somehow God isn't watching anymore.
1: (laughs) God is always watching. (laughs) And by the way, I am watching and we're going to do this every week. Why are those wadded up blankets still in the corner of your office? You know... Is that is that for me when I get kicked out of wherever I am living and have to come stay with you to do the podcast? And that's gonna be my little my, my little I've been watching a bunch of uh I've been watching a bunch of westerns. I don't know why I like westerns so much. I
0: love uh, westerns. So
1: I've been watching, it's, I think it connects me. My dad's not around no more, but I think it connects me. My dad used to love him, so I think it connects me with him, mm-hmm. but that what you have rolled up in the corner of your room like looks knapsack. like what Clint Eastwood has to like <laughs> sleep on every time he is two days out from killing somebody and is like running away from from some yeah. responsibility. <laughs> That's like the the, the bed
0: roll. Man, if Why I had is that
1: a, still in the corner of your office,
0: if I had a dollar for every time I was confused for Clint Eastwood, you know, <laughs> I, I can see it. I, I can see it.
1: I think it's the tobacco chewing mostly,
0: but yeah, I mean, I like right it. right now, just a giant wad in my mouth. I, I'm able to talk through it because I've been doing it for so. No, actually, I, I can't touch that stuff. I have a weak stomach, but no, the uh, the chiseled chin maybe is that it. <laughs> three chins. I have three very chiseled chins, and I wasn't and... going to speak on that. We are we
1: we are <laughs> we are on Zoom, so I, I'm looking at you. I wasn't going to speak on that. I gotta but...
0: I gotta lift the the camera higher so that it doesn't look so bad all the time.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I've had I've had <laughs> I've had my share of uh, IG. Girlfriends in my life, so I've yeah. learned all the angles. It's high all about angles. the angles, Anthony.
0: High angles, high all angles. About and the, elbow all, about the, all about the <laughs> angles. Uh, today on the show, uh, as we said, look, the the, the the vaccine stuff everybody's touching on it. It's easy to to say if you want more of that conversation. I had a conversation like that uh, about that, uh, with Matt Moore on my show uh, earlier this week. So you can check that out on the Anthony Irwin show. Um, so we aren't going to go there in this one. Uh, we want to keep this one relatively light. Um, so we are going to laugh at what Joel Embiid said about uh, Ben Simmons. We are going to get you guys ready for the preseason. Aaron, like we have talked about a few times, uh, comes with an NBA background. So I'm curious what preseason is like for NBA teams compared to what it's like to watch from afar. And then we're also going to discuss which NBA teams we're currently pe- keeping in a, a an extra close eye on. This upcoming preseason. And then as we do every week, uh we have story time and this time uh it's it's my turn to also share the limelight in regards to uh, a Michael Jordan story. So a ton to get to here. Let's start with Joel Embiid on Ben Simmons. Here's the statement and it's a long one. So uh, I'm going to paraphrase. Um I don't respect him as a, t- a crew and a record label <laughs>
1: like- <laughs> i don't i don't know that we i don't know that we have the budget for this at uh silver screen and roll but um if you could if you could throw in the end of uh tupac hit Him up at the end of this if you could just mix that into the podcast that seems like the appropriate time
0: so there's a there's a rumor going around that after Kobe won his first shackless title that he went full Tupac hit him up in the uh, locker room and mm. if you could either you know cough to confirm or deny any such report that would be great um, but, but yeah so <laughs> blink twice if you're in trouble <laughs> but basically uh, basically here Joel Embiid um, blames Ben Simmons for Jimmy Butler's departure, uh, blames a lot of the personnel decisions beyond that on Ben Simmons, trying to get him shooting to make up for Ben Simmons, lack of shooting, um, called it disappointing, bordering on disrespectful, all of that good stuff, um, in a way that you never hear a teammate, a current teammate, talk about another current teammate. Um, if you want the full quote, um, Paul over at uh, Liberty Ballers put it all together full in in full context, didn't even add any um, narrative of his own to it. It is all there. It is bigger than like I have to scroll down to get to all of it. So, oh,
1: yeah, he, he went a good couple minutes. You can. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's definitely there's video of it, too. Um, yeah. Around Twitter. You can definitely find it. And there's so much there that you had to cut the video up into two pieces. Right. So it
0: doesn't even yeah. fit. <laughs> yeah, there's there uh, he went in. There's there's yeah. some stuff there. Um, yeah, Embiid went, all right, thread one of a <laughs> hundred. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Embiid is one to get the them takes off
1: too. He is he, he knows the game. Uh there are so many layers to this, but yeah. let's start with Embiid is generally correct. Um, but what is the upside? What is the point? I don't, I, mean, I don't understand like what he is hoping to accomplish here. Um, doc has, has, we talked about this. Was it the last episode or the first episode? I'm not
0: sure, I but think we talk talked about them every, I mean, episode. we have to, it keeps being the, the story <laughs> right? of the NBA, right?
1: They, there's a lot of meat on this bone, but doc did the, like the media tour with Stephen A. Smith. Um, yeah, clearly just trying to rehab some value for, for, uh, Ben Simmons, you know, and saying, Hey, we would welcome him back. We'd love him back. Um, And then doc even, even mentioned, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he's not coming back, but this is a tough place to play. You know, it's kind Mm. of alluding to the fact that he's soft. So doc has, has done some damage here too. I don't understand what the point is. Um, They're not wrong, right? Ben Simmons, does seem to be a little bit soft, not on the court specifically, but emotionally as it relates to basketball, you know, he he does seem to be a little soft and Philly is not a place. you know, Philly's the place that booed Michael Irvin when he was hurt laying on that, that, uh, mm-hmm. on that terrible, terrible turf at veterans. They booed Santa. So all of, you know, and all of this is correct. Uh, from what I know and what around the league people will tell you is the reason that, uh, Philly did not, Resigned did not offer uh, the the full 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 max to Jimmy Butler and why he ended up leaving because he would have stayed with the full max mm-hmm. was because Ben Simmons wanted him out because mm-hmm. Ben Simmons needed Wonderful. the ball Ben Simmons wants to run the show so from what I know around the league what people have told me that is correct so Embiid is not necessarily wrong in saying these things but what's the point what is yeah. he what is he hoping to accomplish here I don't I don't I don't understand it because. That is not going to lead to getting Ben back, right? That's going to make it worse. That is going to make the, the divide between them greater. And that is not going to help his value. If he's talking him down, that is not going to help the trade value. Yeah. So as the trade value continues to decrease, I think this drags on. As I talked about a couple shows ago, what should teams in this situation do? they should end this quickly. They should get what they can get immediately because it's going to get worse. The offers are going to get worse in every scenario. The offers tend to get worse as it drags mm-hmm. on, but even worse in this case, like compare it to James Harden or other scenarios like this. James Harden at least played once the first game, I think it was the first game. of that. maybe missed the first game, but in Houston last year, his yeah. first game, I'm not sure if it was the first game of the regular season, but he had like 40. He said he showed, look, I can play. I can still do this and yep. then quit and didn't show up and loafed. Ben Simmons is not going to have that opportunity to raise that value, to show people, <laughs> remind not people now. he can still play because he ain't coming. He, he yeah. ain't showing up and they are finding him and he ain't showing up. So, and Daryl Morey is, we've talked about this before. Daryl Morey is like probably the one GM or not the one, but the GM that is most willing to be uncomfortable and is most unwilling to to not just get this over with and get what he can get. He'll Mm -hmm. just hang on. So I don't see what the upside is for Embiid. It was
0: hilarious, and he's right,
1: but what is the upside?
0: (laughs) This is what we've been talking about, man. Like The person I think of every time something like this happens is Daryl Morey because he is tasked with finding a trade of decent value for this guy. Because if Mm -hmm. you don't get decent value for him, that hurts your team during a title window. Like the thing with the thing with James Harden and Kevin Garnett back in the day, and even Kobe way back in the day, was that if Kobe, KG, Harden, who else has been traded lately, AD, uh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, like when all of these players have been traded, the team goes into some form of a rebuilding process, right? Like, with, like all there has not been a yeah. team where a, a bona fide superstar like Russell Westbrook, I don't think right now is a bona fide superstar. Make your team automatically playoff berth no matter what. right? Um, and, 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 and yet still, like with Washington, they're getting ready for some form of a rebuild. Like they're just going to try to tread water with Bradley Beal and, and see how things goes. But they're a couple of years away from a rebuild too. The, <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers, They're in a title window. They have one of the league's absolute superstars in the prime of his career. They can't afford to take pennies on the dollar for a player. So they're stuck in this. And
1: again, these packages usually include pick swaps and multiple draft picks, which at this point are only really valuable to Philly and if they can use whatever they get to flip for somebody else. Um, But that gets You make a good point because most of the contracts are going to work. And that's the other that's the other part of this is that it's not just Joel Embiid, who is, you know, whatever, one of the best 10 or 12 players in the NBA. It's not just him. And, and at times, like he is one of the 10 or 12 best players in the league, but he is also one of the three or five most dominant players in the NBA. And you make a good point, like usually when these kind of trades happen, right, when it's when it's Harden or something like that, there isn't another superstar like we don't have to call Ben Simmons a superstar, but whatever you call him, another a star. star. Mm-hmm. I mean he's he's been an all star the last three years, yeah. Um, and he's an all defensive, all NBA you know kind of guy. But there isn't usually in these kind of scenarios there isn't another when you have a player this good. Um, he isn't the second best player, and the yeah. other pro, you know with Harden right. Okay, Harden is the guy he wants out, um, or Paul George in Indiana. He is the guy and he wants out. The other part of it, though, is that even if it was just Embiid and Simmons and they wanted to, you know, it's not, you can't process anymore because Embiid is too good. But even if you wanted to make one of these kind of trades and kind of see what else you can get, the complicating factor is Tobias Harris, who's a good player, Mm -hmm. but he is also making max ish money. Mm -hmm. So um, that is a complicating factor, also. And this is, there's so many layers to this. And I don't think it ends soon. And I don't think it ends well.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) I've seen this movie before. It doesn't end well. We're all like every time Joel Embiid gets a microphone in front of them, we're all yelling in the microphone or like, like sitting in a theater yelling, like, don't go through that door. Don't the hell we are. <laughs> I'm encouraging. I'm a cheerleader for foolishness.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's we true. could talk about this for four hours today. I will keep, come on, Joel, keep going.
0: That's the other, so that you, you, the, the first point that you make, I want to, I want to, you know, circle back to that as well. Cause you're saying there's truth. To everything that he's saying here, like if I read this entire statement, he's right. I, he's playing. I don't think correct. I would find a lie. <laughs> like yeah, he, you know, I, where's the lie? Right? right. The uh, the little lie detector shriek. meme yeah. on, on
1: Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would find a lie. And yet, like you're saying, he puts his entire organization in, in in an impossible spot now because this guy isn't is never coming back. Like if there was a a a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a chance that maybe just maybe. Ben would say, you know what, fine, I'll just do what I have to do to get my trade value up. And all the, but that's not happening now. Like that, that nail is just bludgeoned into the coffin now. That yes. Ben Simmons time in Philadelphia is over. And, and it's over in a way where, like, not only, so now if you're trading for Ben Simmons, and you're negotiating a trade for Ben Simmons. You're talking to Daryl Morey, and you're saying, "All right, so here's what his teammate is saying about him." Right? We already saw. We already saw uh, him refuse to shoot in a pivotal playoff game. We saw him. I think it I was mean, four shots. To be fair,
1: shots. Trey Young was going to challenge him at the rim.
0: Yeah. Good point. Good point. Touche. Touche. And, and, and so, so I think I think Trey Young might weigh like the size of the house that Ben Simmons builds every day in practice. Right. Like, like, it's just like, (laughs) Uh, we'll put it this way. I'm not any good at basketball. I
1: used to be, I'm I'm not any good. I'm old. I'm fat. I'm out of shape. I can't move. I've had a million surgeries. If there was anybody in the NBA that I was going to try to score on at the rim, and mm-hmm. feel pretty good about it. Trey Young would probably be number one on that list. <laughs> you still
0: wouldn't feel that great about it. No, to- no, 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 no. No, but, I'm but 6'1, like-, like
1: 195 and have no lift anymore. <laughs> yeah. My, my body is held together with like duct tape and pizza boxes.
0: Yeah. I,
1: same. But if there was, I think if there was one guy in the NBA, I would say, like, mm, I can score on him at the rim two times out of 10 instead of zero <laughs> times out of 10. I right. think it might be Trey Young. Once.
0: Yeah. And and Ben Simmons is six uh, nine. Nah, he's bigger than that. You think he's you think he's like six ten, six eleven? He's he is a full six ten. All right, so he's six ten, probably, and an explosive two bills athlete plus. even by NBA yeah. standards. Right, two bills plus can get up in the air. There was no reason whatsoever that he should not challenge Trey Young at the rim. Right, well, and the, then so- no, the reason is. Trey Young was going to foul him and he didn't want to shoot
1: free throws. He was right. afraid of getting fouled. That's that right. is like the genesis of all this. If right, if Ben Simmons was a 70% free throw shooter, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, NBA average, I think, is like 76, 77%. Mm-hmm. If he was just a 70% free throw shooter, basically that eliminates all of this. Yeah. Uh, all of his hesitancy. I mean, like still, do we want him to be able to shoot threes? Sure. That would be better. Mm hmm. But really the main issue is he's a terrible free throw shooter and he is afraid of being, of looking bad and being embarrassed. Giannis yeah. is not much better as a free throw shooter than Ben Simmons. Giannis doesn't, doesn't care, care though. Giannis is willing to look bad mm-hmm. as a free throw shooter because he knows what that means. So all of the, the narrative recently about Ben Simmons being put in like a Giannis position and he's basically could do the same thing. It's nonsense absolute yeah. nonsense honestly uh, honestly obviously Giannis is a lot bigger um and even and longer and even more explosive as an athlete but Giannis is willing to have those four for 14 nights at the free throw line and mm-hmm. then in the finals he's gonna go 17 for 19 I think it was and has <laughs> perhaps the greatest finals game ever perhaps um if I was but ben, ben fan, is a, like, ben is just unwilling night, every night <laughs> Ben is just unwilling that yeah. that is really the problem more so than than the the three-point shooting or the the unwillingness to shoot threes. What concerns me more is his unwillingness to shoot free throws. Yeah. Because that eliminates a part of like he, he is not a good shooter. Mm-hmm. But if we put that aside, what he is good at is getting to the rim. And his fear of shooting free throws takes that part away from him. So even if he was willing to go to get fouled and go to the line and shoot, whatever he's, he's a bad finisher. That's the other problem. Yeah. He is a bad finisher at the rim because he's afraid of getting fouled.
0: Mm-hmm. We saw this we- with Lonzo ball early in his career. Like he was just reluctant to, to go to the rim. And then when he got there, it was a lot of these weird floaters. Cause he didn't want to get touched, but like all of what we're saying. So that's, that's what we all saw. That's easy to analyze. That's something that every GM who might be trading for him knows going into negotiations. And then on top of that, you have Embiid saying that, hey, a lot of the questionable decisions that the organization has made while I have been here and while Ben has been here, that's all because Ben is a flawed basketball player. So not only yeah. am I trading for the flawed basketball player that we just described, I'm also potentially tanking my franchise because this guy is refusing to improve. And so like, not only am I bad... It, it or making my team potentially worse in the immediate, which, like, I don't know if that's necessarily true, it depends on which team he goes to and, and, and how everything fits around him. But I am also going to have to tailor my team around this incredibly and potentially like mortally fla- basketball wise, mortally flawed basketball player. And, like, what do, what do you do there? And so, for Maury, wow, I like mortally flawed. Okay, <laughs> now, well, now, like- now I'm getting like the MB finish him shakes shakespearean flawed like you know like shakespearean yeah, yeah, tragically yeah, flawed yeah. character in terms of a basketball player and and like and now you know any team that is trading for him well that's you know, you you go on Amazon, you look at the reviews, and the, if you see Embiid sitting there trashing the reviews of whatever product it is <laughs> that you're buying, I'm asking at least for a lower price.
1: <laughs> of course, I'm not. I'm actually not paying attention to you right now because I'm trying to figure out what Embiid's Mortal Kombat finishing move finished him would be. <laughs> so you, is he ripping out Ben Simmons' skull and, and leaving his spine dangling like we a sub-zero? We have to
0: find tape of what he did Andre Drummond for all these years. But that's
1: yeah. nah. uh, here's the other part of it. This is another part of it. Should you're right, by the way, um, with what you just said. It is it is damaging his value. But I have always wondered this about superstars that are getting traded, and we're talking about oh the, the, rehabbing their value. And we we talked about this a little while ago, where Ben Simmons said, "I don't think it's my responsibility, basically, to to increase my value." And you're making a face at this, but it, maybe that's calculated. I've wondered. I have. I've never said this before on on any shows, but. What, why do superstars, people that are guys that are going to get traded, superstars, I guess, in this case, or stars or whatever, guys that are going to bring back a, a hefty ransom in return, do they want their trade value to be high? I mean, like, cause that, that inherently makes yeah. the team they are going to worse. It's if, like if the, the team they are going thing. to giving, if the team that they go to, the more they give up, mm-hmm. the worse their situation
0: is when they get there. Right. So like, maybe Ben Simmons wants his trade value low. Kobe, Kobe, like famously reportedly didn't want to be traded to the Chicago bulls because Lou Deng was going to be involved in that trade. Right. And so like, yeah, to your point, like that is literally what happened there. Kobe's trade value was such that the Lakers said, look, we can't trade you without getting one of either Derek Rose or Lou Waldang back. Like that was just not going and, to you, ain't,
1: and you ain't getting Derek Rose.
0: And you aren't, you aren't getting Derek Rose, especially that Derek time. Rose. Yeah. And and just like, like, you know, and, but yeah, I I guess to your point, you're right strategically. Right. But also you're a superstar. So you also don't want to go pennies on the dollar either. Right. Because like now you're setting the precedent that every superstar gets traded, I guess it only costs pennies on the dollar. So, yeah, but, but
1: I don't think Ben Simmons cares about what the next guy gets traded for. And Ben Simmons already has his money. He's got his contract. Right.
0: Well, yeah. So, like
1: guys, guys, you mentioned Andre Drummond. Guys mm-hmm. don't like being um, buyout. The guys buyouts. don't like taking buyouts mm-hmm. and then going and playing for the minimum. You know, uh, Andre, I think Drummond was, he was at 20 something last year, took a buyout, signed with the Lakers for the minimum. Guys often won't do that because that sets, if they're going to be like, if sets they're going the to be market. free agents, that sets their market. They are then seen as a minimum guy instead of as a whatever mm-hmm. their average value was per year.
0: And now he's a backup too.
1: Yeah, Um, blink blink twice if you're (laughs) big. Blink blink twice if this is a hostage video. Um, But in this case, Ben Simmons has his. You know, he signed his deal, and and as an impediment to his leverage that we've talked about before, he has four years. Mm -hmm. um, And so I don't know that Ben Simmons cares about getting traded for you know a bunch of socks and a couple Gatorades. Like I, I think he. I mean, objectively, that's probably better for him. It means the team he's going to is better. And he has four years left to yeah. show I am this dude. I am yeah. worth this contract.
0: Do you think this hurts his standing with it? Like I was having this conversation with a few other people who cover teams around the league and, and the, the conversation was kind of split where I thought, I think that this hurts his standing within the league from now on with players and stuff too, that a teammate is willing to trash him like this tells me that this is pretty unorthodox even by NBA superstar leaving standards that this guy is, is so like a teammate is this willing to trash him. Now Embiid is not your typical superstar. He is more willing to go out and say the thing, but like I I kind of wonder like, not only do we see Ben Simmons, you know, soft out in, in a playoff game. Mm -hmm. uh, Not only have we seen him refuse to improve. And now on top of that, he's willing to throw like his his teammates wanted to fly out and meet with him and try to smooth things over he said no nope, i'm good you know he asked he asked who's going to be there and then they said well us and he said no nah, i'm i'm all right and then and so like i think with with this one here i kind of wonder after this contract is over i'm curious what that next contract even looks like cuz so- he's going to have to improve over the course of these 4 years so um, I think there are a few
1: players that may look at him sideways here mm-hmm. and there. I don't think the majority will. I think there might be a few players here and there that the may older look guys at him maybe. Side- that may look at him sideways. The league, like in teams and GMs, they don't care about this drama. They want to get and this dude, the dude can hoop. They and there they want to get him. So, like the league at large. No, I don't, I don't think it's gonna affect his standing in the league. Mm-hmm. I think there may be a few players here and there that may look at him a little crooked for a minute. Um, But teams and the league in general and general manager is kind of like, you know, like the hot girl that's like flawed or whatever. And everybody thinks that like, it'll be Mm -hmm. different with me, right? Like you, whatever the little (laughs) issues are, you think yeah, you can, or, you know, for the girls,
0: so You'll never know, guys, cheat on like me. like the guy.
1: Yeah. The guys are like, Oh, you know, whatever. Well, yes. he's been running around, he's been doing whatever, but with me, it'll be different. Right. Right. Girls, guys, guys, and it'll guys, be girls, totally whatever, different any relationship, kid. right. You yeah. think it's going to be different. Yeah. You, you know, you, you like, you take the best looking guy or girl or makes the most money or has the best or whatever, you know, whatever criteria people are looking for, mm-hmm. you kind of put the flaws aside because you think in this environment with me, it could be different. Yeah. And, and by the way, It could be right because it has not been, it has been pretty toxic for him, with him, because of him, whatever, in Philadelphia. So it is, I mean, like it could look very different. It it could look very different where there are flaws to his game that without a lot of work are not going to change. But as far as his commitment, his effort, his want to, um, his
0: happiness, which all of that affects on court. That could be different somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, that's, that's one of the things that I enjoy talking to you specifically about is because like how I see things is purely from the prison that I'm sitting in, right? Like the, where I'm I'm sitting here and I'm saying everything just from a purely, like you know, I played and, and I know what it was like to have teammates and be a teammate and stuff like that. And like me personally, I wouldn't want this guy anywhere near my team, but you know, NBA teams are also looking at things from like a, well, what if we like the Dodgers, for example, they do this with pitchers all the time, you know? So the, the, their closer, one of their, one of their better uh, relief pitchers right now, Blake Trinan. You know what, what every week (laughs) you do this. I'm sick of this shit. I'm telling you,
1: (laughs) (laughs) my boys just got eliminated. I mean, gave up like a month ago, but actually got eliminated last night. I'm, well, you know what? Can I explain it to the audience? And Blake Trining is like <laughs> the, the best. You no, know, yeah, go ahead. You know what? Go ahead. Sick Blake... of this shit. If you Aaron do this is... again, if you do this next, week we got. We're we're having a conversation. If you do look, man.
0: You keep bringing up my fucking blankets. I'm gonna bring
1: up Blake Trining. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Blake Trinan... I have, I have, I have I have I have not had enough double black for this yet this morning. <laughs>
0: So Blake Trinan was one of the absolute best pitchers in the game. Challenged the uh, the ERA record, runner up for Cy Young, all of these things was was just a freaking yeah. When nut. when was this? This was two or three years ago. Yeah, in Oakland. In well, right, right. Well, yeah. Aaron is an A's fan, and and Blake did all that for Aaron's Oakland A's. He was literally the best pitcher in baseball, <laughs> and his stuff is nasty. And for some, for whatever reason, he no longer, like he fell off and the league gave up on him and the Dodgers said, well, look, we see that he has arm talent and they've done this again with other pitchers all over the place. Other players too. Justin Turner, right? Is another guy who, mm-hmm. oh, here's this guy. And if we just How about Max Muncy, another former. Yeah. Head, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we just tweaked this. Then maybe this guy uh, will come back around and 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 will regain some of the 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 greatness that he showcased in his last stop, and it's worked out for the Dodgers here with like you said, Muncie Trinan, uh, Blake, uh, or uh, Justin Turner. Um, there are others. Uh, you want Andre Ethier again? Yeah. The A's traded um, him to the Dodgers. And, and well, that was a, that was a, he had a pretty good career. Yeah, he was good. That was, that was before Friedman. That was before like. Yeah, he was good. I, he could have been even better, I think, if Friedman were around and, and they had the, the system in place to, to really fix him. But, uh, but yeah, like this is, there are multiple examples of this, not just with the Dodgers, but throughout sports where a team gambles, guy gets his head on straight, and, and they're better for it. Everybody is better for it, right? Lakers with run our too, is, is mm-hmm. another one, right? And so, um, and I think here with, with whoever trades for Ben Simmons, they're hoping for that outcome. I'm just kind of curious about like, have we seen anything here that would indicate that there is no maturation, that there is no turning it around, you know? And the fact that he still is like laughing at the notion of improving would indicate to me that I, you know, I I, I have my questions about him. But again, I'm sure. looking that I'm looking at that as somebody with no stake in the game. I am not employed by an NBA team. I have never been employed by an NBA team. And so I'm just looking at this purely from from my standpoint. And, and, and I enjoy having you on the show because you will, you know, oh, well, you know, some of the teams either that I've worked with or some of the teams that you've worked against are more willing to take that gamble, even though it's going to cost them four years of the max salary that, that Simmons is going sure, to. Sure. But yes.
1: To, to continue your Dodger analogy, right? The A's are broke. And even if they're not, Gradually. they act like they're they're even if they're not, they act like they're broke. The Dodgers mm-hmm. have as much money as anybody other than the Yankees, mm-hmm. so they can afford. The Dodgers can afford to take these chances, right? Because in baseball, money can just paper over stuff, right? It, it money doesn't. You still have to do the job, but but the money in baseball gives you more chances, right? It gives you more mm-hmm. swings. It gives you more options. You can throw money at mistakes. Um. And in basketball, there are haves and have-nots. And the difference is the have-nots generally don't get access to guys like this. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for for some of the have-not teams, for places that are not free agent destinations, I'm not going to call them out because that would be unfair for me to do so. But Orlando, they have struggled for a long time. Basically, the free agent destinations are... The California teams away, for, throw Sacramento out, and uh, the New York teams, now that the Knicks are decent at least, and Miami generally. The rest of the NBA, the small market teams, have trouble getting free agents. So sometimes it behooves them to take a shot on this kind of talent because they don't have access to it otherwise, unless you're going to, unless you draft somebody like, Who's the last free agent that signed? I said I wasn't going to take shots at teams. Now I'm going to. Who was the last free agent that signed of any like notoriety that signed with the T Wolves, or signed with the Mavericks? It's never happened. Or right, like it just doesn't happen.
0: So well the Mavericks I think are a little different because they just reinvested in like you know Nico Harrison and and bringing Jason Kinnan yeah, like re- but do you know but, but the they reason did that they, they did that because is they, because never, they yeah. can't get anybody. <laughs> right right.
1: Well it didn't um, help and Dallas, Dallas is Dallas is a big city. Yeah. Dallas is and Cuban is well respected around the league. They have plenty of money. All of that is they're willing to spend. They won a title somewhat recently. But they don't they don't get guys who's the last guy that signed in Charlotte or Indiana or whatever pick somewhere. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So for these teams, they may not have an, this may be their only option other than the draft, right? This may be their only option and the problem like new Orleans, right? Okay. You drafted Zion. There are rumors that he's unhappy and one's out. You drafted AD couldn't make it work and had to trade him. So for these kind of teams, they're, The only And again, this is why Philly did it, because Philly couldn't get anybody. The reason they have Ben Simmons and Embiid and Nerlens Noel back in the day and uh, Okafor is because they couldn't get, and Markel Fultz before they had it, is because they couldn't get guys, and the only path for them was the process and tanking Mm -hmm. so they could draft them. So for a lot of teams, you either are going to draft or you're going to trade for guys. So Indiana, right? They They drafted Paul George. Congratulations had to get rid of them. Even okay. San Antonio, that was fantastic. They don't get guys, they had to draft, you know, they 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 did very well and drafted Kawhi. Ended up having to trade him.
0: Yep. Well, if anybody's listening at the league office, just get rid of the salary cap and get rid of max salaries and make it so that the teams who who want to keep those guys can pay them a bunch more than anybody else can and that'll fix your problem. But anyway, um I want to run comps at Do we have three more hours? (laughs) We'll be here a while for sure. Uh, No, we do have to move on. We have to move on to the preseason, which gets underway on Sunday. Like this is the very last show that people will listen to on this feed before the Lakers kick off uh, preseason against the Brooklyn Nets on Sunday. And then after that, 1230, by the way, a 1230 local start. Oh, yeah. I don't have to stay up late. Sweet. All right that'll be on one of the TVs. And so, well, so we'll, we'll, uh, but so, you know, I'm always kind of curious again, you know, just like we just saw in the last uh, segment, the ways that because of Aaron's experience that he sees some of the things and the the league sees some of the things that I discuss on here. And I'm kind of curious here with preseason coming up, I look for smaller things I look for. So for example, with the Lakers, I am looking for, the habits that LeBron and Russell Westbrook are going to try to uh, figure out and implement for themselves in order to work better in the half court together. That's a very small thing. That's a small part of the game that will have big, that will pay big dividends over the course of the season. I don't care about results. I don't care about those things. And and most fans, I think at this point have, have figured out that you shouldn't care about results, but I'm kind of curious though, you know, how how do how do most teams look at the preseason is it just like here's a few exhibitions just get out of here healthy so i don't there isn't like a
1: how teams um in general look at it i think it it depends very much on where you are in in the ecosystem the nba ecosystem this is a lakers feed so we can talk about let's talk about the lakers for a second Mm -hmm. as far as it concerns the lakers the Lakers are looking at, they, uh, nobody cares about results, but the Lakers are looking at, let's try to do some, what is a canary in the coal mine. Well, I'm going to have these like old timey uh,
0: No, I phrases. just heard that analogy the other day and, and apparently I'm old or young because I, I heard that and I can picture it. I just don't know what the analogy means. So it means like, it's like a, the trial balloon, right?
1: They send the canary in the coal mine ah. to see back in the day in like the in the Appalachian mountains in West Virginia, they would send a canary in the coal mine in the 1800s. And if the, if the canary died, that meant like the conditions were too toxic, I believe is what it means. But it's like a trial balloon. So mm-hmm. that's what, what the teams in the Lakers position it is.
0: That was not going to be what I guessed. I gotta say.
1: It is It is. It is figuring out it – is, it is trying different things. It's throwing things against the wall, things that you think may work that, that Coach Vogel and his staff have been putting up on the whiteboard. Not even so much offensive concepts, defensive concepts. Some of that is in play, but that is mostly in practice. What you want to see is five-man groups. You want to put groups together to see how do these guys fit, what happens when we do this. What happens when we do that? If we put these guys together, how do they function best? And it is your kind of first look, you know, facing live ammunition uh, with your groups. So I think for the Lakers, it is mostly about lineup combinations and how you want to deploy certain groups. Guys are not going to play all that much. um, But I think for the Lakers, I think that is what you're looking at. For other teams like for the warriors for example it's about that too but you you're really getting a look at some of your young guys or some Mm -hmm. of your developing guys like most the lakers roster is is pretty set most other teams there's guys in competition around the fringes of the last few roster spots uh, so you want to look at those guys but you want to also look at your you know Wiseman's not going to play in the preseason it doesn't look like but for the Warriors you know Kaminga and Moody for Detroit it's Cade Cunningham um you want to see what those rookies look like you want to see what those guys look like because frankly summer league basketball which is what they've done at this point just doesn't mean much summer league is basically there's not a lot. There, there aren't really wins for guys that can play. There are not really wins in summer league. NBA teams scouts will look at it this way. There's not really wins if you look good in summer league because summer league basketball is worse than G League basketball. Yeah, wow. If lot. you look, but if you look good in summer league, fine. But if you look bad in summer league, yeah, that's like almost fatal. Like if you can't Dragen play in Bender. summer league, and Bender is a fair example. Um, if you look. If you look overmatched in summer league or just can't play in summer league, you, you basically just can't play. So preseason basketball is a step up, right? You know, if you're Cade Cunningham or if you're Jonathan Kaminga or if you're Evan Mobley, like this is the first time you're going to be playing against LeBron James or you're going to be playing against Giannis, even if it's just a few minutes and they're not going full out. So for those, for teams that have rookies like that, you want to see what those guys look like against the guys that they're going to be having to go up against and see how they fit into that. And then you're going to want to implement your development plan accordingly. But I think it it really depends on where in the NBA ecosystem teams
0: are. Yeah. I, I think that makes total sense. You know, I don't think any team necessarily cares too much about results. Like I think
1: nobody cares. I don't think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I wouldn't imagine. So I, although (laughs) I will say this, the, the Dwight mirror season for the Lakers where they went, I think it was like zero and six in preseason, and then like started the beginning of the season like zero and five. And then I mean, Mike look, you'd rather, fi- you'd rather you'd rather win fired. than lose. But <laughs> <laughs> like- <laughs> well, the key there was, and this is the point that I was going to make. The key you're not going to was- see like LeBron getting subbed back in
1: down three <laughs> <laughs> with four minutes left in the fourth. We got to win this one.
0: Although, I, like every time I see challenges in preseason games, I, I want to throw stuff. But like um hey, yeah like, coaches coaches got to get got to get their rhythm in too they got to get
1: they got to get uh ready for the season
0: get those habits i just picture like because of because of the focus the lakers organization has taken on pointing out that <laughs> frank vogel uh is ted lasso like i just yeah, can't yeah, picture yeah, him doing recently, it like yeah. <laughs> he's he's like challenging all of these calls and he's like hey hey Explain I haven't seen that. Ted Lasso. I heard it's <laughs> oh, really—I've heard it's
1: really good. I don't like comedies, though. I'm a miserable human being. I don't like That's comedies. Weird. But I've heard it's—I've heard it's great. are somebody it, who
0: likes laughing as much as you do,
1: I don't like la- laughing. I don't. Actually, oh. I do like laughing. The, here's nice. the problem with comedies, and I talked about this why I love Western so much. The problem with comedies is if I don't share a sense of humor with the writer, director, actors, producers, whoever, and so I don't really find it funny for whatever reason. There's nothing mm-hmm. else there it's just done with yeah. westerns at least there's people like shooting each other in action movies there's stuff blowing up yeah right there's something there if, like
0: i'm not into the plot all right one of these days we're going to set a segment aside and figure out what it is about entertainment that you're looking for and then and then we'll go from there um but so yeah i, I think is our is
1: our is our show rated r uh
0: i mean i just told you to <laughs> shut up about my fucking blankets. so <laughs> good point
1: all right fine then we can do this I don't if you're looking for my form of entertainment, I don't know that PG 13 is gonna get us there.
0: So, so like the, the, the point that I was making with like Mike Brown was like the Lakers lost those games, but for me, what I remember back then being nervous about was like the mm. Lakers don't look that good with the main guys on the floor. You know, the, the game looked mm. like it was kind of passing them up, they were a big, slow methodical group as the league was kind of transforming into the positionless run-and-gun fire-off three-pointers league that we see it as today and and so like back then the first red flag was actually that the lakers lost all those preseason games Mm -hmm. uh it wasn't it wasn't like you know sky is falling oh my god what the hell it was like hey are they Are they going to look better? (laughs) Is this what it is? (laughs) Is there a turbo button? Can we, can we move? And and, and, and how did,
1: and how did, and how did that end up? How did that turn out? You know,
0: man, you, you bring up like my, my annoyance or your annoyance with my bringing up Blake Trinan and, and like, Blake Trinan
1: is so obscure for it to be two (laughs) weeks in a row. I I think this is targeted. I feel attacked.
0: I'm just, you know, I think it's purposeful his status on his his stance on vaccinations is really disappointing, but that dude has a cannon. But so, so like, I, I I remember, yeah, looking back on that, and I was like, the thing that I was looking for, you look for your little boxes to check heading into the, the preseason. And, like, for me, again, with the Lakers, it is when the Lakers are in the half court, what are Russ and LeBron doing when they don't have the ball? And it's not a matter of results. It's mm-hmm. not a matter of, like, like what I would prefer to see them doing, like what literally are they focusing on? Cause I, I like in the preseason, especially the first game of preseason to like the first day of school. Right. You, yeah. you, you dress as fly as you can. Ooh. You do your hair. That's right. You show up, you show up and your desk is organized for like the first 15 minutes of class. Like everything, right. everything about it is, is right. Step forward. And, and then like it sinks off after that. And so like with LeBron and Russ, it's like, I, I want to see what are they doing to make this thing work, what habits are they really focusing on, and and yeah, like like you're talking about it with with the other the two other starters, other fringe rotation players, that stuff all is is also worth watching. But for me, the number one thing that I'm really paying attention to is LeBron and Russ sharing the court. What that even looks like.
1: So I think that is fair, very fair, um, and I'm interested in that also. The problem with preseason is there are not, there are no wins, right? There are kind of like only losses. And I don't mean, uh, I mean, like in a macro sense, I don't, I don't mean um, like in games because that doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Like if you look good in preseason, it's fine, but it doesn't mean anything. If you look bad in preseason, it may mean something. The problem though, is for guys that, are not not the problem, but the problem in taking too much away from preseason yeah. in, in what you're saying. And you're not wrong, right? This is the first time we're going to get to see if AD and LeBron and Russ, how they coexist and the sacrifice that they've claimed that they've talked about and are willing to make. I know that they have had that conversation, those conversations. I have seen them have those conversations. Mm-hmm. But when the live bullets start flying, right, are you going to revert back into habits that have been Mm -hmm. built up over time? That is a fair question that you are asking. The problem, though, in taking too much from preseason is I don't know that because they are as established as they are in the league, I don't know if in preseason they are going to feel the pressure or the outside influence enough, or the game will will get to them enough where they will f- revert back to whatever habits they are going to, if they are in fact going to revert back to those habits. So I don't know that preseason is going to tell us much. I, I'm, I'm curious also, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's basketball. And if you're going out there, you're going to try to win. But I don't know if the preseason is enough of like a pressure, a torture chamber enough to make those guys be concerned enough that we will get anything revealing about what it is going to look like. But I think it is a fair question that you are asking, but I think that is not something that we're going to know until game 30 of the regular season, you know, or actually we'll know some on opening night, right? Like LeBron has a, has a, uh, a rivalry with, with Steph and, and the Warriors, the Lakers and Warriors, I think it's a rivalry that's coming, but it hasn't really happened yet because the Lakers and Warriors haven't both been good at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, but LeBron and Steph definitely have a rivalry. LeBron and the Warriors definitely have a rivalry. And frankly, Russ and and, and the Warriors have a rivalry. Russ oh, and Steph sure. have a rivalry. Mm-hmm. So I think we may get a little bit of that. You know, I, I think, I don't think opening night is just going to be one of 82 for either the Lakers or the Warriors. Um, so we may get an answer to that or the beginning of an answer to that, but I don't think we get that. I don't think there's much instructive about that in the preseason. And normally yeah. I would say we're not going to know that until, you know, the Lakers lose two or three games in a row in game 30 or 40 or 50 to really find out like, okay, now we've got a little low. Let's see what our habits are. Yeah. Makes sense. And that's like kind of, that's like kind of the problem. There just aren't like, you're not going to find anything that you love in preseason. You're kind of
0: only going to find things that you hate. Well, that's just me in general according to Twitter. Like that's just that's just I mean, who I am. Is that entirely incorrect? You know the fact that it was news that I didn't have anything to, to complain about. I, the by the way, day. I enjoyed
1: by the thank you for everybody that has shown <laughs> love to this show. The, the the the
0: start of this has been has been really positive.
1: So thank you all for for listening. I really enjoyed you, <laughs> you and Harrison Harrison was like, he like, it, it was a role reversal. He was like upset that there was nothing that upset you.
0: Yeah, no, he was pissed. Cause I usually make him look better because he's, he looks like more of the optimist when I'm usually Mr. Negativity. And, and the thing that, all right, he's never going to hear this. So it doesn't matter. The thing should that we tell, people,
1: Sa- should we tell Sabrina, she can have my championship ring again. If, uh, if she actually will we'll pro- we'll prove one, she day she'll, again. one day show one day show one day or maybe her or harrison harrison's yeah. not
0: listening either harrison well harrison might listen to this we'll see he says he listens but we'll see just based on if i get a, if i get a one text way to find one. out yep so what you guys don't realize is that harrison is low-key the driest person of lakers twitter like it's true he is he is uh he's m- arguably the funniest i think And the reason he's funny is because he is so incredibly try. He's like Larry David Lakers. Larry David is Harrison Fagan. Hmm. And so like what he loves doing is getting me going to a point where I make him look good and he knows what it takes to make me make him look good. And 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 he's a genius in that regard, and I hate him for it because he knows how to do it every fucking time. <laughs> By the all way, right. your
1: blankets are still balled up in the
0: corner of your office. You know I what, just... man? They're still there. They're, they're gonna be all right. The, the reason they're still there is because again, it's because you're lazy and haven't done a lazy slob. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you. I felt for the okie doke to be honest. The first week I was, and you're like, oh, I got my in laws coming in. They're gonna stay with us. Well, no, that's that was why they got three got weeks there ago first. at this point that's why they were there first (laughs) they look exactly the same you didn't put them there you you didn't make any beds for them to sleep in you didn't (laughs) no none of that happened i'm gonna start
0: like adding blankets and see (laughs) (laughs) you and
1: avery you're building a
0: fort (laughs) avery might wind up in in there like where'd she go (laughs) um all right so uh is there anything, just really quickly, that you're looking for for other from other teams or around the league in the preseason, or is it? Yeah, I is, mean, it's, is, it's, like it's, has your stance not really changed on it?
1: No, not really. I am. I mean, it it, it is like real basketball um, for the first time, especially in arenas where I think everywhere is going to have full capacity, mm-hmm. um, and so that matters, and so that, that is is going to be interesting. And that is kind of uplifting, even if there are going to be some restrictions and challenges because the world is the way that it is. But I am very excited to be back in Staple Center with all the Laker fans yelling and screaming. Um, and for me, it's mostly like the, the, the stuff on the fringes of the rosters, you know, the last few roster spots that camp and preseason games can matter for like those kind of things are not going to swing the balance of power in the NBA, but I am interested in seeing um, a bunch of the rookies, you know, this is their first time going up against guys that are not physically, generally physically overmatched by them in, in summer league, for example. Um, So Mobley and Cunningham, like, you know, pick whoever, all of your, all of your favorite rookies and and Moody and Kaminga, and those guys who actually are probably going to get some run and and Jalen green, you know, so I'm interested to see how the rookies look, even if it's going to be in brief stretches against Mm -hmm. real NBA players and against NBA stars, Um, even if it's brief stretches and, and those established NBA players are not going to be playing that long and may not care all that much when they do. It is like one data point for what the rookies are going to look like. So some of the, some of the, the 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 worst teams that have uh that have they tend to play you know, the some hardest. of the high draft picks
0: you know like they tend to play the hardest and then uh their roster is such that it doesn't fall off so quickly so they're technically deeper so like they they have more important players playing longer into those games so mm-hmm. like preseason is a good time to to kind of check around that stuff all right Let's wrap things up here with story time. We got to, I have a story here to tell and you have a story here to tell uh, another one uh, in which uh, you are ready to put your life on the line. Um, so Indeed. I can't wait for that. But I promised everybody a Michael Jordan story uh, last week. This one's pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Went out to Tahoe. This was bef- way before I thought about doing all this. And actually it was because of this experience that I thought maybe one day I could be doing this. Uh, but I remember I was a kid, um, I must've been in high school. We went out to Lake Tahoe and, uh, there was a, they, they have that pro-am every year at Lake Tahoe, yeah. you know, the, the, in South Lake Tahoe, beautiful course down there. Um, we didn't actually go anywhere from Thursday through Sunday. We actually went on a Wednesday for one of the practice rounds and, and it actually wound up being, uh, kind of more fun doing in that, doing it that way because nobody's really all that focused the 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 pros and the celebrities out there are all just kind of they're they're drinking on the course and they're they have more free time to kind of walk around and talk and stuff like this um and we got there basically right as uh michael was teeing off and we actually ran so we we got we went to the we got there we went to the to to the first hole and then um from there jumped over to the third hole because basically like you, you play the first hole, then the second hole goes further out, and then the third hole kind of starts making its way back. So we were basically there in the third hole tee box, and, and I was off just slightly to the right. So uh, it was like a par four. Mike had to use his, um, his driver, and he slices it almost over my head um, to where I am positioned directly between where he hit from and where the ball landed. And obviously closer to him because I was closer to the tee box. So I had probably 300 yards or so to walk with Michael Jordan to his ball. And he was like kind enough to actually walk with me. And because I was wearing a, uh, I was wearing a, uh, North Carolina 23 Jersey. Right. So
1: he, he comes out like
0: purposefully or randomly me per, uh, randomly i don't know no like, i mean like were you were you wearing it
1: specifically like to show jordan or you just happened
0: to be wearing that that day i love that jersey you could ask a lot of people i wear that all over the place but uh um, no, but like were you wearing it because you were going to because michael jordan was going to be there or are you just wearing it because I'd probably you a little it? bit of both i was a kid okay. so like all you right. know kind of anything that would kind of get his attention or whatever maybe i don't okay. know okay. I, I thought maybe i would get it signed um uh which in retrospect maybe i should have asked for but Probably. Uh, so, so he comes up and he, um, so he hits the ball. And as we were walking to it, we saw that his, his bag was on the court, uh, on the, on the back of a, a golf cart. And it was like this awesome, like North Carolina blue Jordan giant bag. It was incredible. He had these like brand new pings. It was, it was a sick setup that he had there. I'm a golfer. So I loved every second of this. And, uh, so as he's walking up, I asked him like, uh, what are you playing? And he goes, uh, uh, ping. And I go, oh, nice. My, my dad plays ping too. What do you think of him? And he goes, well, what do you think? And I go, well, you know, you almost hit me with your ball there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy. My, my, I'm like this 12 year old dipshit who's, <laughs> who just trash talked Michael Jordan's drive. And he looks at me with like this, this one like what what the did he have a cigar who the the hell oh yeah yeah Yeah. he's holding his cigar and and so he like puts his hand around like he puts his hand around my shoulders and and i think that the the tahoe newspaper there actually they use it in the uh in the newspaper, like for the sports thing, do you have do you have this picture somewhere? No, I lost it. I lost it in the move. But they they use this picture what, where what what paper is what, what is the Tahoe newspaper? I, I I'm calling know. them immediately. It was, like in, it was like South Tahoe or something like that. I need. Um, is there
1: some sort of microfiche we can go to I <laughs> need to
0: like go and scroll back? <laughs> Harrison's a journalist. We'll ask him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Capital so, J. Yeah. So he like, so Michael puts his arm around me. We walk from, you know, those, those few hundred yards there to his ball and we're talking back and forth the whole way. And we get to his ball and he goes, all right, man, wish me luck. And I was like, yeah, uh, good luck, man. It was really, really nice, uh, meeting you all this stuff. And he goes, Hey, by the way, I don't always hit my drive like that. You (laughs) 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 He walks off it was great it was great i there literally was- hope he i literally hope he said you stupid child <laughs> yeah. i want that to be no, an actual thing you know he's like you stupid child like he, you know <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah right. he, he's so competitive and it's like later in the later in the the round like you know uh we just kind of tooled around we didn't follow him for the whole thing like went and saw some other athletes and actors and stuff who were playing there and we actually got back to the 18th hole right as he and ahmad rashad were in the same group so um my mom is sitting there and and like and I guess later in the round, because we got split up li- earlier in the round, my mom called Ahmad Rashad Marcus Allen. And so, okay. so <laughs> I mean to be fair to your mom, he did have another
1: name before that. He went uh-huh. by another name, but he played at Oregon, not SC. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah well, I, I I just think like and the Vikings, not the 49ers and Bills. But <laughs> <laughs> look, my mom is a all pack ten running backs. Yeah,
0: <laughs> although I think um, I think Ahmad was a receiver. They have but. they have one very important thing in common, which was I think the only thing that my mom noticed there. My that mom they were was a, that they were Pack Ten skill position. Absolutely, guys, uh-huh. that must uh-huh. have been it. Yep, that was it. Um, <laughs> so my my mom apparently called Ahmad Rashad Marcus earlier okay. in the round, and as they got so apparently, um. <laughs> <laughs> Michael so good. Michael was calling Ahmad Marcus the entirety of. The- <laughs> 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 what's your What's your mom's name? My mom's name is Gloria. It's amazing. Shout out
1: Gloria. This is great. <laughs> my,
0: mom's oh my, hi, my mom's gonna get <laughs> mad at me. Hi Anne. My mom's gonna get
1: mad at me because she's about to listen to this as soon as it comes out. So hi Mama. Hi Anne. But <laughs> hi, shout mom. out Gloria too. Hi Gloria.
0: <laughs> so Ahmad like sink some pot and uh to finish his round he he sunk like a 20 footer to finish his round and michael goes like oh fuck yeah marcus it was amazing so that's that's my michael jordan story
1: (laughs) i don't even know if i want to follow that all right so this is uh 2000 or 2001 um and I am, uh, producing sports radio in, uh, in, in San Francisco. And, um, one of the stations is KBR, and the ticket, t- which is 680 and the ticket, 1050. The ticket had, uh, the Raiders. They were the, the flagship for the, for the Oakland Raiders at that time. Then Los Angeles Raiders and Oakland Raiders and Vegas Raiders and all that. Um, and so we were doing a, there was a, a, a celebrity uh, basketball game that was going to be held at Oracle Arena in Oakland. And it was going to be, it was the Niners against the Raiders. And so, I, I don't know, it doesn't even matter who was playing for the Raiders, but this is like Terrell Owens and Jerry Rice and so they are playing for the, uh, for the Niners. And so Merton Hanks, he of the long neck, was going to coach the, the uh, celebrity Niners team. Mm -hmm. And Bo Jackson is coaching the Raiders team. I don't know Mm -hmm. why Bo Jackson was acting as a basketball coach, but so be it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So he's probably also
0: great at that. Let's be honest.
1: Probably. Yeah. I mean, he could, he could like turn the light off and be in bed before it got dark. Right. (laughs) So he is, uh, he's going to, he's calling into the show, um, the the show that I produced, the Bob France show. He's calling into the show to like promote that. He's going to be at the game. Uh, He's coaching the Raiders team. And so uh, he he's calling in. And the way that radio works for people out there that don't know is there is a there is a number that you give out that rings to a phone. Like if people are going to call into the show. But then there is also a hotline that guests can call in that rings in separately, so you know that it's a guest, that it's somebody you you booked for the show. So um, and once you once you pick up the phone, you can put that on hold, and then you can like put it on the show. There's like a little. It's called a pot. There's a little button you can use to put it on the show uh, on the air. So, uh, Mm -hmm. so Bo calls, answer the phone. Hey, Bo, yeah, appreciate your time. All right, I'm going to get you right up. Now, Bo is in Alabama and this is like 2000, and -hmm. he's calling from a cell phone. Mm -hmm. We have enough trouble getting reception on in Los Angeles or San Francisco or New York in 2021 on like old Nokia bricks he definitely had that like Zach Morris, you know, like, the, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what Bo was rocking in 2000, but so answer the phone. Hey, Bo, appreciate your time. Let me put you on hold. I'll put you right up. So we put him on hold. Uh, the board, uh, the guy who's running the board, you know, puts him on the air. The host goes, all right, Bo, thanks for coming on. Blah, 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 blah. Bo ain't there. Mm. Okay. It's not good. And as a producer of a radio show, it's like your worst nightmare. Actually, yeah. your worst nightmare is, when this big guest you have like doesn't actually call in. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, we were going to have whoever, but they haven't done it. So, all right. Now you're, now the host is stalling. The host is looking at you crazy, but Bo calls back or maybe I called him. I don't remember. Answer. Hey, Bo, sorry. All right, let's do this again. Put him on. Uh, Goes to him again. Gone. (laughs) This is not good. So finally, A couple minutes later, Bo calls back again, answers the phone. Hey, sorry, man. Like, all right, let's get it. Finally gets on. Finally, it works. We put him on the air. Host brings him on and says, Bo says, the first thing he says, the host says hi to him. Bo doesn't say, not nothing. The only thing he says is, who the bleep, (laughs) we had to to dump it because there's a seven second delay in radio. Who the fuck has been hanging up on me? <laughs> i'm like hey man i'm not on the air but i'm in the back in the control I'm like hey man it's not my fault you got this bullshit alabama cell phone yeah. in 2000 <laughs> you the back of somewhere he's he's tying like fly fishing fly fishing flies in like mm-hmm. a in in like his garage or something in his shed somewhere man this <laughs> uh, this ain't on me i put you up just because your connection ain't no good that, that ain't on me so uh so the host bob goes Oh, that's the producer, Aaron. He's been mm. he's the one hanging up on you. And so uh Bo Scouts goes... To the host. Thanks, yeah, host. Thanks, yeah, thanks, appreciate ben. you,
0: Bob. Oh, Ben, Bob, same guy. Hey, you know
1: what? It's Ben from now on. <laughs> him, and, him and Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so Bo goes, uh, is he gonna be is he gonna be at the game? You know, the, the okay. celebrity game. And Bob goes, oh, yeah, I'll make sure he's there. And and Bo goes, is he listening? And Bob goes, yeah, he's here. He's here right now. And he goes, tell him I'm going to rip out his spleen. <laughs> okay. I'm like, hold on, man. That's that's pretty specific. That's my very... spleen? <laughs> Why my spleen? That
0: seems awfully specific. Yeah. I guess oh you, my at God. least you can live without it.
1: Yes. Not, yeah. I mean, I'd rather not have well. it. But, yeah, man, I'd rather have it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we go to the game, right? The game is, I don't know, whatever, that weekend, a few days later. And uh, go to the game. And after the game, everybody's kind of down. I'm talking to people. We're down in the, like, the bowels of, of uh, Oracle, like outside the hu- this hallway that connects both locker mm-hmm. rooms. And so I'm standing there talking to one of my boys and talking to some of the Niners guys, talking to some of the Raiders guys. And uh, my best friend is, is, is with me. Brought him to the game. And so all of a sudden, I'm like at the 49ers locker room. I look down the hall, and Bo has come out of there. And the host of the show, fucking Bob France, is like, goes over to Bo and goes, "Oh, that's him." i Ben? Bo starts. <laughs> Bo Jackson starts charging at me. Oh my god! And I see him from like, and there's it's like, the, there's like people lining the hallways, and everybody's looking at him and looking at me and looking at him. Yeah. And he's coming at me from like, literally like a hundred yards away. Yeah. And I'm like, he's kidding. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I see this in slow motion and I'm like, all right, this isn't good. Yeah. And so speaking of speaking of cell phones, I had, Oh, I loved it. I had one of those StarTech motorolas, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but in those days you used to wear it on your belt. Right. You know, I had the little Mm -hmm. clip and you wear it in your, on your belt. That was pretty cool. So, uh, like, I was going to be an architect one day. Um, So, so eventually I'm like seeing this in slow motion. I'm like, well, this is not good. Yeah. This seems serious. And I'm like, look, this dude may handle me, but I'm not, he ain't going to punk me. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, if I got to fight, I got to fight Aaron. (laughs) I'm I'm about to fight Bo Jackson in front of all these people. I'm not just going to let him whoop me. I don't I mean like and- I don't know. <laughs> it's not your choice. Uh, yeah, but it's <laughs> that's not I'm not I'm just going to you. stand there. <laughs> so, as he's doing this, I take I I take my phone, I grab my phone off my belt. Uh-huh. I have it in my hand and I take my watch off.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: as I'm taking my watch off, he gets there and just grabs me around like bear hugs me. Uh So he has both of his arms Yeah, your life is in his hands (laughs) And he picks me up off the floor And all of my shit goes flying My wallet, (laughs) my phone My watch, all of it hits the floor
0: Yeah, your soul
1: (laughs) My soul, (laughs) my pride (laughs) Anything I will ever become Ever in life (laughs) And so he picks me up off the ground And again, he's like bear hugging me Around my biceps Yeah so I'm like, all right, this isn't good. But at this point, I still think I'm in trouble. So I'm like, yeah. now, fuck this. I'm not, gonna, I'm getting punked out here. Oh so I try to move. I try to, I'm like, man, let me break out of this right quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm off the ground. <laughs> so I'm like, let me break out of this right quick, it's man. like nah, a box
0: saying, you know what? This forklift can't take me. <laughs>
1: I'm like, hey, hold on, man. So I like try to, I try to like thrust out of this, break his grip. Yeah. That didn't work. I'm probably,
0: in those days, I'm off. like 6'1.
1: I'm probably mm, 176, 178. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, hold on now. I ain't no punk. Now, hold on now. And I try to break his grip. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. No. And then um, I just like realized bear. that my life was in his hands. <laughs> and, I tr- and I stopped struggling and he ragdolled me for a few minutes <laughs> and then put me down and laughed at me. I <laughs> oh. said, man, I, was, I just want to mess with you, man. <laughs> How are you doing? Good to meet you. What's going on? <laughs> man, I knew it wasn't your fault. My cell phone, my cell phone was some <laughs> bullshit. I knew it wasn't your fault. <laughs> So like, you'll let me keep on, my
0: spleen, Mr. Jackson? Thank you, sir. <laughs> I want to go home now.
1: <laughs> Thank you, sir. But I was like, man, I ain't going to get punked in front of all these people out here.
0: <laughs> Girls and stuff
1: watching. And, it's
0: yeah. just like if you would have said, I don't want to get punked by Shaq, like Shaq was going to punk you. That was not... It's, with some people, I, it's, I, not you're, not it's not your not wrong. You. <laughs> you're not wrong. But, I mean...
1: I'm not just going to let it happen.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, actually, after both, after I tried for like Mm -hmm. half a second, then I just, I was resigned to the fact that I was in fact going to let whatever was going to happen, happen (laughs) because I had no say in the matter, but that was the time that why do I try to like the greatest athletes this world has ever seen? Why do
0: do I end up in these sort
1: of scenarios? I don't know. I think that says something more about me than them, but.
0: Yeah, next week we learn that you uh, <laughs> try to take on Mike Tyson right and Evander Holyfield the night that Mike bit his ear off. He just yes. pissed both of them off at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's uh we'll, we'll go we'll go with that story <laughs> next week. The, t- the time Aaron tried
0: to wrestle the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Tune All right, in well- next week. <laughs> On that note, that's a perfect place. Well, I guess there is a more perfect place to end this thing off. Jake Fisher is reporting that the Sixers will not pay Ben Simmons 25% of his salary due today, according to his league sources. So I'm yeah, guessing so we're probably going to get, gonna leave with Simmons next week millions.
1: again. Yeah, he's supposed to get eight eight millions. I just said. He's supposed to get $8 million, uh, today as per yeah. his contract. And if the Sixers don't pay that, that is absolutely a declaration of war. And... Uh, mm-hmm good luck because there's there's no language in, they can find him and they have fined him for mm-hmm. not showing up but the sixers are in breach of contract if uh, they do not pay this and ben simmons is not because there's no language about him not showing up specifically as being breach of contract
0: mm-hmm. there is language that they can find him for every day he isn't there so simmons can mm-hmm. technically go and say that he's hurt yeah and then he would get his 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 uh well, either way, he's going to have to get some of that 25% that he's due today. Oh, he's going to get it. I mean, and here's the other problem. Like, I just, does this feel
1: like a, a, a win for the Sixers and Sixers fans? Like, see, you don't get your money, I guess, in the short term. But this is not a good look for the Sixers either, long term. Mm-hmm. And and
0: Or Daryl Morey. Powerful, or...
1: powerful agents are very powerful that was that was well stated aaron powerful Mm -hmm. agents are very powerful (laughs) around the league and you do not want to make long-term enemies of them so i don't know if this is really long-term if this is good for business for the sixers
0: yeah this is this is daryl maury telling bo jackson you aren't gonna punk me
1: yeah we saw that work for me
0: (laughs) all right guys until next week this has been the the hook <laughs> I'm just like, I just I think you're I, the host, and this I went, has been the. No, Hulk. I was saying the
1: Hulk. <laughs> because, because... <laughs> uh, another Bo Jackson reference. The dude claimed he had never lifted a weight in his life. The strongest no, person I've ever.
0: He had 178 pound radio producers to, to use this exercise.
1: Well, he must have been doing that for several years prior to that because he was done then and yeah. did not need any more strength.
0: Yeah, that guy. He had a
1: whole bunch of scrimp.
0: Woof. All right. Until next week, this has been The Hook. I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Aaron Marsoul. We'll talk to you guys next week.